What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Let's get ready to rumble! What is up, Zinger Nation? Happy Friday, everyone. It's your boy, producer AB here. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Jamie, welcome to the Power Hour. So, Jamie, to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into, into the Wall Street Bets madness. Uh, I don't know what you want to know. <laughs> I'm like an entrepreneur at heart, economist and computer engineer, but... Uh, I guess I'm most known for having started and created Wall Street Bets. Uh, I'm very involved with all things related to the stock market since, you know, it's been at least over a decade. Starting to work my way into crypto, heavily kicking myself for for not realizing, for just assuming there were coins whose values went up and down, not realizing some of the mechanics of what's possible with it. So getting getting myself involved in that world, but, you know, married, I'm a dad. (laughs) You said you what you say you're married? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so so you said you've been in investing and in trading for about a decade. What 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 kind of spurns you to get into it? You know, and it, so I start Wall Street Bets in 2012. Shortly before then, I'm working at this this big international bank and I'm getting paid really well. I'm I'm uh, you know, I get my 401k or Roth IRA and I have all these you know, perks that come along with it, but I also had just money left over, right? Like uh, just, there were a few things that I was interested in having, just mainly a car and a place to live. And outside of that, decided to put this money to work and understand that if there's higher risk, there's higher potential return and start looking for places that wanted to talk about this type of, of approach to the market. And they're just, you know, wasn't m- most places are either, Hey, this is the way that you should take traditional investing, really conservative, low fees, diversified, blah, blah. Or you can go to the other extreme, which is these professional traders that sit there in front of the screen all day long, just looking at chart patterns. And and uh, they haven't, you know, it's a profession. It's a discipline around that. I really wanted somewhere in the middle, which is like, look, I, I want to keep my job, but I want to see if I can hit the lottery ticket or, or at least make my extra money grow. So, um so that's kind of what happens. And it turns out after create Wall Street bets, there's just a lot of uh, uh, demand for this type of thing because inherently it starts growing and growing and growing with, or I guess organically without really doing any advertising people. There was a lot of people in my same shoes and every year it doubled in size until last year it was at about 2 million users before um, you know GameStop happened, at which point it just exploded to like 10 million people. So, Jamie, were you already on Reddit before you started this subreddit, or were you looking for a place to kind of start a trading community? I was. I was already on Reddit, and that's why I picked – well, I mean, for starters, I started Wall Street Bets on a, on a number of different social networks, but most of them were just accounts that I own, like the Twitter and um, you know Facebook and uh, IRC channels and you know, chat rooms, basically. Uh, but but Reddit was the place where I wanted to create the home for this. Um, big fan of Reddit. You know, I'd, I'd been a part of a lot of the things that they had done up until that point. 
I had migrated over from the days of starting with Slashdot to Dig, and then eventually Reddit was much better than all those, and so I decided that would be the place for it. Yeah, and and then so I remember kind of when Wall Street bets started taking off last year around COVID time, and there was more people trading and trading options. Really, like people got infatuated with seeing people's crazy returns. Um, and and obviously, so I got the page pulled up right here, and I'm surprised because back then, it, it, like every single screenshot was from Robinhood, and then recently it hasn't been as much. Like it seems like more other brokerages. You know, I don't know which one this is. I think this is E Trade or something, but. Um, it seems like Robinhood and Wall Street Bets were kind of synonymous for a while. Yeah, I mean, to, to uh, that's true. When when Robinhood first came out, by by the time Robinhood came out, I had already kind of figured out my trading strategy. Right, I could still buy my scratch off lottery tickets and understood they were insanely risky, but I would just put a little bit of money and hope to to uh, to make a ton of money. But outside of that, I'd figured out kind of a sustainable trading strategy, which I could use to supplement my income, and a lot of that relied on. Um, good execution and and uh, bar charts, you know, like Robinhood didn't have bar charts, so I didn't like it. And the community just really liked the interface. Obviously, they liked the fact that it was free. Um, they loved the the easy to you know they break the options can be insanely complicated or they can be as simple as they are on Robinhood, which is do you think this stock's going to go up or down? And you answer with an arrow that's color coded, and it kind of takes you to the right place. So there was hunger for that. And so I let it go. And sure enough, this group of people created their own kind of genre, which was in itself sustainable, what we're now probably referring to as meme traders, right? Like I've talked to so many people and I've met so many people that have sustainably, I'm talking years worth of a sample size, been able to make a lot of money. Obviously not everybody does, but it's, but nobody, not even high frequency computers make a lot of money you know like there's always a subset of people that don't but there's enough people that have made robin hood type trading strategy successful R- roaring kitty is a great example you know he doesn't care if a stock price if he gets um better or worse execution on on fifty thousand dollars worth of call options it turned into 50 million dollars and he's very correct whatever a few cents when you're talking about that uh, so anyway, so yeah, Robinhood was there. And then obviously last year, uh, no, it was this year. I'm sorry. The GameStop madness took place and, and Robinhood had to make restrictions on, on trading GameStop, which angered a lot of people. Uh, so you still have kind of like a group of a subset of people that are, that are angry at, at Robinhood, but I don't, I don't really look too much into it because last year when the pandemic was kicking in, we had the, some of the most volatile days in market history ever i mean it was just lock limits up lock limits down like 10 11 in a day uh and robin had suffered an outage there where it's just their platform right and that to me was unforgivable it's like dude this is completely on you and 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 people obviously lost money and they got they got uh angry at them but then they just they they, they forgot they moved on the interface is really good and with this gamestop thing it's it really wasn't like every major broker had to do it (laughs) it wasn't just robin hood i know it's (laughs) so you know like if they can go to they can go to whatever competitor they want to and google what happened back in gamestop and they'll realize oh they did it too (laughs) like right it wasn't them it was a regulatory issue it's just crazy to me that kind of how Robinhood gets such a bad rap for that name. And I think it was just because at the time, most of the AMC GameStop traders were on yeah, Robinhood. But I mean, exactly the same right. thing, like whether you've been on Webull 
or, or TD, you know, it kind of was the same thing, but Charles Schwab, Vanguard, you know, like they all had to, to restrict, I mean, all of them different capacities, but they all had the same regulatory issue that they were facing. What I do remember though, uh, as you mentioned, like right when COVID hit and we saw kind of volatility and liquidity, like we had, had never seen before. I remember I was on Robinhood trading and, and there were many days where say I had open option contracts from the day before and I'd wake up, you know, before market open, wait, and then as soon as the market opened, like nothing would load, you know, and I'd just be like, okay, great. Like I have these options that are doing really well, but I can't sell them because <laughs> I can't get into my Robinhood account. And that was before, um, you know, even the, the GameStop, AMC, all that stuff happened. That was just last year in March when the, uh, when the COVID crash happened. So, you know, maybe that should have been a sign for me at the time, like, Hey, find a new broker, but I, I, it always worked well for me and I love the interface. So I'm actually still on it, but I do have a couple accounts <laughs> at other places. Well, I mean, first, first of all, that's another good point, right? They're not mutually exclusive. You don't just need to use one broker. A lot of people use multiple brokers anyways, because they trip the pattern day trader rules. They don't have 25 grand in their accounts. So they just kind of switch from broker to broker. Uh, but you know, you're, you're a perfect example. People just love it for some reason. And, uh, I think it's the interface. I think it's just really comfortable. And, and that to me is a much more unforgivable incident, all of which they've learned by the way. Right. Like I think Robin hood really has done something like all, all of these conversations are possible thanks to them. So we can't lose track of that. All the other brokers now have to offer free commissions because of Robin hood. So some credit is due there. Uh, but yeah, they've had some growing pains and they had growing pains before that where sometimes it was in the user's favor. Let's not forget the, the time where the people exploited box spreads, which eventually morphed into what they called the infinite uh, leverage or the free money cheat code, right? Which is like, yep. they took advantage of these asymmetries and they pretty much put the risk on the broker and they themselves were just, you know, they, they, they had a chance to give a bank a taste of their own medicine type thing, but that's an example of them kind of also going through learning learning pains, which worked in the customer's favor. So I don't know. Like, I think that, that Robin Hood is a historic, no matter what happens from here on out, that what they've done is just they're cemented their place in history. And, I, and I'm not worried about people going away because of what you just told me. Right? Everyone's pretty much in that same boat. Yeah, I mean, look, like like you said, it's not mutually exclusive. You can have different brokerage accounts. I actually pulled up my Robinhood portfolio on stream earlier because I was kind of in the mood to make a, a YOLO meme trade. And I was like, essentially, this is my YOLO trade account. Like I have my long-term investing accounts in other places. This is the one where I like to just kind of make fun little options trades that, hey, I know there's a, a good possibility that the whole trade uh, expires worthless. And honestly, for that purpose, Robinhood works perfectly. Like I can very easily, you know, buy a call or put option a couple of weeks out and it's super easy. I don't have to, you know, my other brokerage accounts, like I've tried trading options in them before. And it's not that the, it's impossible. Or it's not that I'm click and click and click and click and click. <laughs> right. It, it's not that it's impossible. It's not that I can't learn how to do it on interactive brokers. It's just that it's easier on Robinhood. Yeah. No. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, uh, sympathize sympathize with that and i think that's why i think that what they've done is great and look they're they're continuing to innovate right last i heard they're trying to get into private investments which i think would be just earth shattering right because that's it's got a lot of regulatory regulatory headwinds ahead of that but if they break through that that is so important for the democratization of finance right they're getting they're starting to get into crypto as well and i and then once again that's something that i really think is the most under talked about aspect today and it's one that i directly said no crypto on wall street bets because crypto 
it's just another asset class that's got that it's uninteresting and it has and it's still in its infancy. So the execution itself is not very good. And people just like to talk about how much Bitcoin costs, and that's not interesting either. Um, but by golly, if I'm wrong, like did you know, or at least I just found out that on on the blockchain you can have these things that are called variable leveraged ETFs. And I know that you said earlier that you don't like ETFs, but I'm not talking about like the basket of goods type of ETF. I'm talking about these synthetic whatever you call them, exotic things where you say, I want to have 3X exposure to Tesla, right? So I want to buy 3X exposure to Tesla ETF. And then there you have some leverage without stock options. Like that's that's the type of ETF yeah, so I'm talking about. You're talking about the cryptos that are essentially like mirroring stock assets. You know, you can buy uh, in, the, in the crypto on the blockchain, like a three times levered Tesla ETF. Yeah, I mean, first off, you have the the, the crypto mirroring the, the uh the assets from from wall street or from any street really korea you can buy samsung whatever um but yeah above that it's it's creating a three times leverage one and this may be a little bit technical so i'll try to simplify it but when you those exist in normal wall street also these three times levered etfs and you buy it it's got a ticker symbol and you can buy like you can buy a 3x levered china for bull and bear called yin and yang right like it's got cute names and everything and but the problem with those ETFs is very technical. They kind of have this nasty side effect where in the long term they go to zero, right? Due to something called volatility decay, something that I've been keeping my eyes out for decades. Like crypto people figure that out. They're like, dude, don't make it 3x, make it lever, make it variable, right? And so without getting into the math, they fixed a huge problem that Wall Street has had since it started, right? And and that's just one of a million examples where they're making things better. 24-hour day trading, get rid of gap risks. You know, make sure that everyone's constantly rebalances. Like that's a systemic risk for normal Wall Street that doesn't exist on on the, the blockchain. I'm talking about people that are trading at two in the morning. I'm talking about, you know, prices that can't gap up above, above your stop price, right? Like that's that's important for. <laughs> we've had a lot of bad things happen because of gaps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest allures to the crypto markets is that it never closes. You know, Saturday night, you want to day trade some Doge, you can do it. You know, you can't do that with stocks. But uh, definitely, yeah, I mean, the ETFs, I didn't mean to say like, I don't like ETFs at all. Like I'll trade them. Like the, I have this one pulled up. Uh, I, th I think the yin and yang one you were talking about is also from Direction. They have a bunch of, of good levered ETFs. This is a home builders and supplies bull. So I traded this one a few months ago uh, when, here, let me go to the longer chart when kind of just like all the lumber prices were going crazy and everything it seemed like a i bought it basically here on this rip and it's kind of sold around up here and then it's it's fallen off since then but these leverage they're, they're fun to play but they're they're definitely riskier and now actually on, on robin hood they have like a little disclaimer when you go to buy a leverage etf it'll say this asset is leveraged you know like not for beginner traders but it's not even about like the, the 3x lever is not even not beginner because it can lose three times faster. It's because you're going to lose with 100% certainty. Like I'll tell you what this chart looks like the moment that lumber stops trending. So the moment that, that lumber starts uh, ranging, meaning like it just stays at the same price and it goes up and down a little bit every day, the price of this ETF is going to go to zero, right? You get to see the opposite when it's trending. When when the lumber is going up, this thing goes up exponentially. So you have like a compounding effect. But then you have the inverse of the compounding effect when it's not ranging. When it's sorry, when it's not trending. When it's ranging, you get this decay where it makes it go to zero. And that's what all ETFs. That's why they all have to do with these reverse um, splits all the time because they're like trading pennies and they can't even track the percentages properly when they're two cents. And so they have to do a reverse split and then they. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's why. If, that's why if you look at this one, this is the the gush 
uh, two times levered, basically oil. So it's at. So if you zoom in on the chart, it doesn't yeah. look too crazy. It's fine. <laughs> but if you zoom out, you can see back here. It was sixteen thousand dollars a share, and now it's sixty-seven dollars a share. And, so. and to be fair, it was never worth sixteen thousand dollars. It just reversed. You know, this this chart is making making up for the the reverse merger. Sorry, the, the reverse, reverse split. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, you know, but but that's the, but all all leverage ETFs end up like that. And what, what the crypto people figured out is how to make these things so that they go to zero, but it takes a lot longer before they goes to zero. I'm talking probably never. It'll lose value, but you know, but by the time it's lost enough value, it'll start trending again. And then, and then you'll get the compound effects to, to offset that. So I don't know that, that that's just one of a million examples. Like another thing that I'm, I'm really getting into is, well, first taking advantage of the community. Somebody did a study uh, from a big, big name school an academic level study where they, before GameStop. And they said, we're picking all the stocks they're talking about on wall street bets and comparing them against the uh, comparing it against the market. And we're going to see if, you guys do better or not. And it turns out, are you still there? Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just, uh, just looking at myself. So they did this study and they, uh, you can put me back on the screen. That's fine. I just wasn't sure it was there. Uh, they did the study and it turns out that the community does actually beat the market against the index, the stocks that they were picking, they were better. And so I said, okay, well, why don't we take community aspects where this is obviously the case and we can take uh, crypto, which I believe can do more things, and we can mix asset classes. So you can put Bitcoin and Tesla and Samsung, right, and gold or whatever, just all these different things, throw it into an ETP, these portfolios, but but it's based off of the community's decisions, right? These community that's proven that they, they can beat the market. And, uh, and I don't know, we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. I know throughout the whole, when the market started ripping from last COVID, uh, that was something that even the mainstream kind of financial media, CNBC, was talking about that the retail investors were actually outpacing, uh, you know, institutional investors on returns. And real quick, while we're on the Robinhood subject, I'll go back to the chart real quick, see what it's trading at. Um, but I do think another criticism that is kind of overblown, which I, I mean, I, I told you the story about how I couldn't even trade like some of my assets on Robinhood. That was before even the the big GameStop, AMC. Like there's certainly the platform's not perfect, but I think one of the biggest criticisms that comes from the crypto community is people that talk about, oh, you know, you buy Bitcoin or Ethereum on Robinhood, you don't actually own it, you can only buy and sell it, you know, you don't have a wallet, you can't send it to anyone. And at the end of the day, I think a, a majority of, of traders, crypto traders are just trying to trade it for to make profit. They're not trying to like take the actual Bitcoin and then send it to someone, or at least that's the boat I'm in. So I don't necessarily care that I don't own that Bitcoin or whatever. I can still buy it and then sell it at a higher price or maybe a yeah. lower price if it's a bad trade. But I, I mean, I get the criticism, but I'm just saying I don't think it's that big of a deal for the average trader. No, you're you're 100% right. And so these crypto, the crypto community has this culture that's ingrained of a little bit of uh, what do you call it when you're uh, paranoid and just it, it was born from this whole, you know, F the system and the central banks, whatever with language that was really kind of. Uh, uh, activist base, right? But but you're right. The majority of people, like if you want to do things correctly, which is to have your thing and take advantage of this crypto technology, you have to open this wallet account to pick the right network and you have to configure it with the different names and you have to fund it with the correct type of thing. And if you send the Ethereum to the Bitcoin account, then it disappears because you have to be really careful. You know, and, and just, you have to go, like I, I, I want to tell my mom about this coin that I've, well, this is DAP really, it's a DAP uh, that, that that's doing all these things I described. It's like, I'd like to buy some, how can I? And I stopped and I th thought about it. I was like, actually, it's probably best that you don't, right? Like it's not worth 
me explaining it to you, all the steps you have to take. Obviously, we're going to solve that because we realize just what you said. A lot of people want to get exposure for the price action. Like they're not, you know, the, the, let, let's be serious about what happens with with brokers. These counterparty risks, they exist with brokers as well. You can own the stock or whatever, right? But the broker, or you can have your money with your broker. And you have like $260,000 cash, 10,000 above what's insured. And the broker can turn around and fail. And now you've lost $10,000 because the insurance only covers a certain amount. That type of risk exists with banks, exists with everything. So, you, you know, you, you just hit the nail on the head. That said, I think that Robinhood is now on, you know, I keep hearing rumors about them also allowing the wallet so that people can do that too. Yeah, I think that, I think they are going to end up doing that just to try to appease like the the more serious crypto crowd that wants to be able to say they actually own it. Um, but let's bring it back to Wall Street bets real quick. Just a couple more questions, and I'll let you go. Um, so, from what I understand, you founded it, and then you kind of took a hiatus. Were you not? You weren't with the community for a while. I, so there's a lot of things that that I, like I've never actually gone out public, right? There's a lot of things that you can piece together from either conspiracy theorists or little little blurs, but you've never really heard me talk about what's what's been going on with my life, and uh, and there's a pretty darn good reason for that, uh, it, most especially around the the reasons of my eventual removal from uh, Wall Street Bets. Uh, that same reason is also the reason why I can guarantee you with my firstborn child that you will never get the top moderators to show their face um, on this or any podcast ever. Uh, and there's a good reason for that. Right. And so I've, I've decided to stay quiet for, for the first year because of the good of the community. It just, it, it really kind of d- d- diverts from the subject. Wall Street, but it's such a great community. There's 10 million people that I have nothing against. They're absolutely incredible. And I didn't want to to really muddy the waters, but you know, I reached a point where I decided I think I'm going to go public with my story, and I want to do it the correct way. So at this point, I've signed the rights to that story, um, and then the process of, you know, it's like a movie studio and then documentaries, TV series, whatever. So that's that's in the process of being done, and and what happened during this hiatus, and what happens during my removal, and all these things are addressed with full transparency. Uh, so you guys will be able to see that next year. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been saying that for a while now that I can't wait for kind of the, the documentary to come out about not necessarily just about wall street bets, but about the whole AMC GME thing, because, uh, you know, everyone had their not own idea. I mean, it was very popular at the time, the whole like, you know, rage against the machine, small guy, David versus Goliath. And then, uh, it turns out now looking at the data that actually more, a lot of institutions made a lot more money than even the retail traders in the whole AMC GameStop thing. So very interesting kind of seeing what like the storyline will end up looking like there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, what, what do you think about as far as the, the, like the community on wall street bets today, as opposed to maybe in its infancy or even back before just the whole COVID craziness and GameStop and AMC. So I, I was a moderator uh, of wall street bets from the day that I created it up until a year ago. Right. So this is, close to a decade. And the most consistent thing that never changed about Wall Street bets continues to be the case is the pace at which people would say, we miss the old Wall Street bets, right? Like, <laughs> this place is not what it used to be. Um, uh, and it was just because no more people come in and grow and things change, right? Like you have things that are exogenous, like these brokers that are Robin Hood, whatever that changed the landscape of these things you have. 
you know, you have you have things that that, that, in, that just change the conversation. Back when I used to trade stocks, I'm not living in the U.S. anymore, so it's trickier for me to do it. But when I was super active with it, after hours was like from 4.30, sorry, from 4 o'clock to like 5 o'clock, and that's it. Now I'll go in and I'll look at SPY, like some of these uh, index ETF, like they're trading at three in the morning. I'm like, all right, so this is now a 24-hour stock. So I don't know what those things, those things kind of change the fabric of it. So uh, th the community has constantly always been evolving, that's for sure. Um, and it's part of what makes it resilient. I think that if the conversations were the same as they were when I started it, it wouldn't be as interesting as it is now. That said, I do feel that the current moderators are letting the sub get a little bit away from, from him because the one thing that was also consistent was the spirit of the subreddit, right? And the, the, the sense of community and wanting to, to uh, bring people with knowledge as well as people with thirst for knowledge together at the same place. Sure, playful banter, sure, with their own lingo kind of, you know, feels like a like an exclusive club to get into, but you quickly get into it. It was just this inviting place for uh for everyone and that's really what made a lot of it magical i'd say you know i'd say that that has probably been the 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 most palpable change since i left is just kind of the direction of of uh the sub as a, as a whole yeah i mean uh, like any community or or group of people you know things will progress change over time but, but i've seen that sentiment a lot being passed along that like the old wall street bet i miss the old wall street bets essentially so <laughs> I, I just wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, no, and you have a good reason to do it, right? Like there was a sense of the old Wall Street bets, even when people would complain about it, because it's like, yeah, you know, this is now we're allowing screenshots of of the Robin Hood, or now we're talking about you know allowing these memes, and people are like, oh no, we should go back to being serious. I'm like, no, 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 just give it a try. Like, trust me, uh, or trust the community. Really, it's not even me; it's a community that's always been in charge of spearheading these these changes as the, as the landscape and the people grow but but there had always been just this common common element of having it feel like home and you could say well it's because it's so big at the eternal september and you know 10 million people it's like yeah but it was big at 2 million people too and 1 million people and five hundred thousand people that's a pretty big community and and uh and you still didn't lose touch with that kind of a belongingness feel that that i feel is a little bit absent now it's just more of just a lot of noise, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it's still, it's such an interesting, because I guess just all these things come together, you know, like, like first Reddit had to been able to be possible to, to make a community like Wall Street Bets. And then Robinhood had to be available to make free trading. And then COVID had to happen for, for everyone to be at home and trading on their phone. And then it, for AMC and GameStop to happen, all where Wall Street Bets kind of got roped in and be in the center of it. Um, but there are all these moving parts that kind of just over time, like puzzle pieces, like fit together. Yeah, no. And that's exactly what happened, right? Like there was no one thing that's like, well, so, you know, this, none of this would have been possible if it wasn't because of you. It was like, well, none of this, like, it's not me that did this, right? Like it was a whole confluence of things. I was, but a small, small part in this. And I'll still say that Robin Hood and the free commissions and this and that, like all this, th these, these aspects of one element that always was the most important is the community itself, right? Like before, before GameStop, people forget about this infinite money cheat code or the free money cheat code or infinite margin, whatever, where these guys figured out a loophole with Robinhood to get infinite margin. Prior to that, they figured out like, you know, all these other exploits with regards to, oh, I don't know, I have to, to really, oh, with the, the um, 
the, ah, Delta squeezes and the gamma squeezes with yep. stock options, right? Like we were on the on the cover of Business Week magazine in March of last year when they were talking about how Reddit can actually do these things. Like all these little exploits are all possible because of different individuals. You have Rory and Kitty for one, and then you had these other guys that did these other things and 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 who knows who's going to make the next one but it's those people that that really drive it and i think that's what's what's most important yeah definitely and i mean i understand completely your hesitance to be you know out in the public so we appreciate you coming on today i know that's kind of one of the biggest things that we've found from like a media point of view trying to report on all this is that a number of the influencers or people behind the scenes are people that do want to stay anonymous and for good reason. I mean, we, we talked about the strength of the community, but also kind of what the, the flip side of that, what can happen when the community, you know, decides to go against someone, it can get kind of crazy. No, no. Like that's where I disagree. I was not anonymous while I was still a moderator of wall street bets. I went out there with my identity. You know, I was anonymous for many years, but like 2018 or 2019, I was like, yep, this is me. I like wrote a book and, you know, started claiming this thing. There's there's good reasons why these guys want to stay anonymous above and beyond. Hey, we're going to be big targets. Like when you have nothing to hide, you have no problem going out on TV, right? And like when you have really nothing to worry about, I'm here with a clean conscience, being able to 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 talk all day long. I can't say the same thing about um, everybody else that's left there. And I know I know the reasons why that, and they know the reasons why that is. Yeah, right. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you, your your case might be different. I was more talking about just in general about all these different like people on FinTwit and stuff. A lot of these accounts are anonymous and they want to stay True. anonymous for 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 good reasons. Well, you know what I've learned? I've learned that a lot of these accounts like they have more power with their username than with their actual real life name. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm working with this with this you know like a, like I said this WSB DAP, uh, and there's a guy whose name is BTC Vix, and he's known. And, and the crypto world is that name. And he's been on prominent podcast, like Chat with Traders, which is, you know, an important stock trading uh, uh, podcast with huge viewership. Like, and he, he went on there as his username, right? And I've met the guy in real life. He doesn't have a problem with revealing his identity. It's just there's now more power to this kind of, <laughs> this, this this image next to his logo and the, the username. And that's yeah, kind that's of interesting. Yeah. That's funny. Um, all right, Jamie. Well, thank you for for coming on. I mean, I think this has been a very interesting talk. Like I said, I'm I'm very excited about the the documentary, the movie coming out about the story because I think there's probably more to it that that we're not getting today, but that we'll get in the future. And, and if there's anything else you want to leave our audience with before you go, please do. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I made reference to we're kind of uniting crypto with uh, with Wall Street, and we're making huge headway. In fact, we're in the process of redesigning the, the website, but we still can see what we're doing. If you go to WallStreetBets.net, uh, you'll get an idea of what this decentralized organization is for the creating and minting of these ETPs, being able to, to do these single stock exchanges on the crypto and a bunch of other really exciting things. So I would say, check that out. I'd say wait a week or so. Oh, <laughs> but, on the uh, website. All right. Well, yeah, I, I, just, I mean, I you can go to it. Here, but yeah. I, uh, I'll drop the link in the chat too, but we'll look, we'll look, we'll check back in a week and see if we, if yeah, okay. you'll, you'll see, you'll see all the details and a lot more clear, you know, it's obviously very memeified right now and you have like the apes and it's kind of like a video game feel to it. But what we're doing is just so, so much bigger that, that it just deserves to have, uh, kind of a serious, uh, like a facelift that gave it a serious aura. Uh, so we're we're just finished doing that, and we'll have it up there. But check that out, and we're doing some really exciting things. 
Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again, Jamie, for, for hopping on with us. I'd, I'd be very happy to have you on again, maybe to talk about more developments in, in the story as far as, you know, what you have coming out on your end, any developments in the uh, the website and that kind of crypto synergy. So again, super exciting stuff. Thank you again. Thank you very much for having me, Aaron. It was a pleasure. No problem. Talk soon. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. That was Jamie, the founder of Wall Street Bets. Super interesting story there. Like he alluded to, we will get some more clarity on that story at a future date. Um, so stay tuned for that. So hope all you guys have a good weekend, great weekend. And then next week, we'll get back to trading. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.